made it to retirement. But what happens if the market takes a dip? Can you recover? On today's show, tips on how to protect your nest egg in spite of a market downturn. Discover retirement concepts you need to know. When you're hitting that magic age of 65, you need to really start to do your research. Learn how to navigate through economic uncertainty. And anybody can retire. It's whether you can stay retired. That is the real point. A successful retirement doesn't happen by accident. You deserve a secure, independent retirement. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam Time once again for Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, and we have a full studio once again for Dual Financial Strategies of Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel, and we are ready to discuss your retirement here in the Fox Valley, and wonderful to have everybody in the studio once again this week, and uh, Sam, we're going to start with you because we know it's always something in retirement, and so as you mentioned, uh, making that uh, transition from working and saving to retiring and spending Uh, is a big deal. Uh, Anything else, it's not only physical, but it's psychologically. So I guess the question is what happens if your plan uh, goes to, uh, well, bad things happening. I was going to say something else, but it's a family show here in the (laughs) market if it goes down or sideways. Uh, So uh, I know you want to break down. You, uh, Luke, and Andy all want to talk about some of the things that the Uh, our listeners can do to prepare for the next market uh, downturn or whoops as they say and whoops there it is as we've seen it lately Uh, so let's talk uh, a little bit about how we can uh, help that from happening because I think that's again the biggest scare uh, for many retirees Sam is they're running out of money and uh, they don't want uh, to be nervous in the times of market volatility so cash management is key yeah, for sure, Chuck. It, it absolutely is. And that's one of those things that, you know, we're never fear mongers on this show. We're never uh, going down that trail. But I believe you do have to be uh, you have to be cautious in your optimism right now. We've got an awful lot of factors that are good at this point, but we've got some headwinds. You know, with this inflation, uh, this ongoing battle uh, on uh, on the bills that are current, all of the money, the deficits, uh, the unemployment rates continue to to uh, to be a nagging problem. Uh, you know, COVID and this uh, the vaccine fight continues to be a problem. There's some headwinds here. So you need to make sure at this point in time I think more than any other that we've talked about for the last couple of two or three years, you need to get that evaluation done. You need to get that risk analysis done on your portfolio because you may be sitting there today just being a perfect target for a disaster without even knowing it. So make sure that we're talking about having that type of an analysis done. But if you're in this scenario, you've got to remember that cash management takes a precedent here because when you're planning for retirement you're still earning an income there's still money coming into the checking account and you're putting this money away for savings but do you know how much it actually costs you when you're going into retirement that's why we call it a retirement lifestyle review because we have to fund this lifestyle and where is this going to come from where's the money going to come from and let me tell you, our industry is absolutely chock full of thumbnail estimates on how much you're going to need. Every single one of them is useless. Every single estimate that you hear is absolutely useless. It's numbers that people have made up. It's something that sounds good. Most of this stuff is as outdated as five-day-old root beer sitting on the counter. The numbers that they're giving you are useless. You have to look at your numbers. Not Money Magazine's numbers, not your brother-in-law's numbers, not the person that works next to you at work's numbers. I don't care what their numbers are. I care about your numbers. We've got to nail that number down because we got to figure it out, friends. Where's this money coming from? Some of it's going to come from Social Security. Some of it's going to come from pensions. But some of it, and maybe a big significant portion of it, is going to come out of your pocket. It's going to come out of your savings account. It's going to come out of your 401k. So what happens when you just sit here and pretend like things are okay, and then you get blown up and lose half of that money? Now where's the money going to come from? Cash is key. You have to have things in place, and you have to have an overall investment strategy that will support your cash management and your retirement lifestyle. Absolutely. And, Luke, I think you can expand on the uh, investment strategy aspect of what Sam's talking about here because that is key. 
It is. Um, for current retirees today, you know, there's a lot of different things. Sam was talking about the headwinds in the market right now. And, and one of those is the interest rate environment that we're living in. Um, and, and certainly that's, that's making it challenging to go out and just earn a safe rate of return. And so, uh, you know, with that, another question becomes, you know, how much cash do you keep? And if cash is earning you net nothing, you know, in the bank, and we've seen that over and over and everybody's everyone sees that having too much cash exposed to the dollar gets eroded by inflation that's running high right now um so we need to there's a lot of value in in meeting with an advisory firm that can help kind of focus and and help you avoid areas that you shouldn't be in especially when we're talking about a long-term investment strategy um this is why clients that have a financial advisor typically perform better in different markets because they have someone keeping them on the right path going forward. And there's been numerous studies on this um, dating back many years. Uh, but when they look at, you know, what's kind of the average, um, the average has been in the neighborhood of 3.3%. Of so that's the value that an advisor can add an additional return. But I'd also say that as a financial advisor, you know, a, a critical role that they play is also in helping to protect that money. Because if you're transitioning into retirement, your whole thought process now is different. It might not be to grow the money and double the money in as quick a time as possible. You're looking at how do we take some income out of this? How do we preserve a little bit of this? Maybe not all of it, maybe a portion of it, if we think in terms of, of different buckets out there. But also, how do we not lose half of what you've saved your entire life for. And that's where a proper investment strategy with a great firm can be invaluable. Yeah. I was just going to tag on that as far as a great firm is concerned. Make sure you're working with someone who has your back and you feel very comfortable with the information that they're giving you, that you're working with someone that's a fiduciary. Um, so they work directly for you and not for a company first. So I, I think that's a... Um, all those are excellent points. And to add to that, just make sure you're working with someone who you feel incredibly comfortable with that focuses on retirement, because that is a very different animal than the growth and accumulation world. Yes, it really is. And uh, of course, uh, we uh, have to uh, pat ourselves on the back here because this is what you guys do the best. And 866-203-7486 is the way you can make a no cost, no obligation a review of your retirement strategy and your uh, retirement lifestyle review uh, with dual financial strategies. All right, Andy, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, uh, what we need to do to preserve uh, our uh, portfolio in these uh, rocky times. And so talk to us a little bit about income distribution. Well, I think it's very important what you said there as far as um, Sam always says you can retire. Anyone can retire. It's whether you can stay retired. So the questions that you need to start asking yourself are where are your income streams coming from and what are they compared to your life expectancy? Social Security is going to go on for your lifetime. When do you take that? When is the best time to take that? Are you married? Is there any health considerations that we need to take into account about maybe starting it a little earlier or, or a little later if you can wait? Um, where can you find an 8% increase? Because every year you don't touch Social Security, it is an 8% increase in your payment. So like Luke said, if there's such low interest rates now, um, that may be something that if we can hold off taking, it may be advantageous to wait on that. Are you one of the lucky ones that has a pension? I don't know. If you don't have a pension, can you set up your own pension using a um, annuity? And then you have to be very specific about what type of annuity you're going to use. If you're going to use an indexed or a fixed or a variable, um, you know, we've just never seen a variable be the best fit for our clients. So we haven't chosen to generally use them. Um, sequence of returns can also make a big impact in how your account performs for you. If you go into retirement and the next three or five years are really rough in the market, that can make a great deal of difference on your accounts and how long they're sustainable. So then you have to say, how much pressure can I put on this account? Or what's your income gap between your social security and other income sources, if you have any, and how much do you have to pull out of your accounts? So there are a few things that you really need to consider when going going into retirement, and especially with the potential headwinds that we have right now. 
Absolutely. So again, uh, let's wrap it up here, Sam, and talk about uh, the confidence that people can have uh, and the takeaway about uh, doing this uh, transition that some people uh, want to put off because they like their job or maybe they have a a target date to when they want to retire and when they want to start the decumulation phase. Chuck, overall, it's just it's imperative to remember that you can prepare for this market volatility that's coming. You can help control how that's going to happen, even if you're still working. Remember that if you're past the age of 59 and a half and you have a company-sponsored plan, in the vast majority of instances, you can take full control of that plan via something called a non-hardship in-service distribution where you can move all of the assets out of that 401k plan post 59 and a half into your own managed IRA, whether you're managing it or someone else is managing it, you can take control. We have to control what happens. You have to control your behavior. You have to be in a place where you're okay. You control your investment diversification. Folks, we control your tax exposure. Taxes can be massive. Taxes can just absolutely eat you up. We've got to control that exposure, and we've got to control your costs. When you combine these things together, all of those different things will positively impact your returns if you do it correctly. It'll impact the overall value of a portfolio, and that will subsequently impact the sustainability of your portfolio. Managing these things together helps you secure those few years of supplemental income helps you get to a point to where you can ride through the rough spots. You can make it better to weather a downturn in the market cycle. So work with someone who's qualified, work with someone who focuses on retirement to help you understand your options and make sense of everything that's available to you in these difficult market conditions. Absolutely, and that's where you come in. We like to try to to help people just get on the right path, Chuck. That's why we call it the Retirement Lifestyle Review. And we stand ready to help you with that right now. But you have to control that too, because you've got to pick up the phone. You got to pick up the phone. You got to make the call. You've got to talk to yourself and say, yeah, look, I don't know what I need to know here. I don't know what I don't know. And I've got to get some help with this. Maybe we can help you, maybe we can't. I don't know, Chuck. We don't know until we sit down and talk with someone, but we promise to make it no pain, no obligation, no pressure. It will be a pleasant experience. It will be an educational experience for you, but at least we can get you pointed in the right direction. But you got to call, you got to come in, and we've got to tackle this right now before it's too late for you. Absolutely, Sam, and it is your retirement. As we said earlier, it's not uh, your next-door neighbors or your brother or mother-in-laws. It is your retirement and the way to reach the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies with their over 20 years of experience is at 866-203-7486. So make that phone call, uh, no cost, no obligation review of your retirement situation at uh, 866-203-7486. And remember that Sam has authored a book, Purpose Determines Placement, and he'll give you a copy of it as well. No cost, no obligation when you come in uh, for that review. That again is 866-203-7486. We've got to take a break. And uh, what's coming up next? What to do with that 401k you left at your last job? You've got some choices. We'll go through them when we come right back. We're back for Dual Financial Strategies. I'm Chuck Caton, consumer advocate, and this is Your Retirement. Happy to have Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel in the uh, studio once again to talk about your retirement, uh, whether it's in Appleton or Green Bay or anywhere in the Fox Valley. And now we're going to talk about uh, good companies uh, who have 401ks, all right? Uh, it was a good company that you had. Maybe you're thinking about changing jobs. They had good benefits, but as luck would have it, uh, you got a better opportunity and you took it. Maybe some of you out there can relate to that. So now, Uh, what happens to that 401k that you've been paying into for all those years? Well, you've got four choices, and uh, Luke and Andy and uh, Sam are here to talk about it. You can either leave it there, move it to your new employer, roll it into your own IRA, as Sam talked about before, or cash it out and take the money. Well, let's break down these options. And Sam, uh, leave it alone <laughs> would be what some people might do, yep. whether they remember they have that 401k when they leave to go to another job or not. 
Yeah, for sure. That's the that's the first thing that most people would say. Well, can I just leave the money there? And the answer to that question is sure. You absolutely can. Uh, there's no tax implications for leaving that 401k where it is. You can just leave it parked in the old employer's plan. Uh, your money's going to remain there. It's going to continue to grow tax deferred meaning that you're not going to be paying taxes on any of that growth as it happens. Uh, and until you withdraw money out of it, it will maintain that status. However, a couple of things that you have to keep in mind. You won't be able to make any additional contributions to that plan. You're no longer an employee of that company, so you cannot participate in the plan actively. Uh, and because you're no longer an employee participant, you may not receive important information about material changes to the plan or its investment choices. Uh, many of you have probably experienced through your working years where your plan was with, you know, ABC company that it, all of a sudden it was with Fidelity for years and years and years. And then for whatever reason, the company makes the decision that they want to, that they're going to move it over to Transamerica, whatever. You've all seen this happen in the past where the 401k plan got moved. You have no input on that. You also have no choice on that, and it might happen that when the company makes that, that decision to do that, and they're likely going to, you're just going to be forced out of the plan. So then you have to look at making another choice anyway, but you can leave the money alone if you choose to. Absolutely, and I've had that actually happen uh, myself over 39 years, and of um, the 39 years that I uh, was with my employer, uh, we had four or five changes uh, that yeah. way uh, in different uh, people that uh, manage uh, our 401k plan. And then I'd finally, uh, and I tell this story quite often that I was 59 and a half and didn't realize that I could do that in-service transfer you're talking about and go to an IRA. And I'm still ruining the day of our chief financial officer not telling me that, even though he did it. <laughs> so, yeah. But and you, know, you know, that's, yeah. people don't realize, Chuck, the 401k market, uh, it's a money game. It's, it's a massive, it's a multi-trillion dollar market. It's highly competitive. And after 20 years in this business, I, you know, I don't want to sound cynical here or, or anything like that, but you'd have an awfully hard time convincing me that the wallet and the bottom line is not the reason that these companies move your 401k from one provider to another because it's highly competitive. They've got a large 401k. The competitor will undercut the other guy. And then all of a sudden, it's not necessarily any better for you to go to that new company, right. but it's better for the company. Absolutely. All right, Luke, uh, we talked about leaving the money alone. Uh, another option is moving that money to a new plan. It is. And by new plan, we we're talking here about maybe you've transitioned from one company to another company and the new plan being the new 401k within, within that new company. So a couple pros and cons here to your different options. One, the first being a, a pro, uh, transitioning that money from an old 401k plan to your new 401k plan. There's no tax implications to that if that is done properly. So you don't have to worry about any taxes. The thing you want to look out for with the new 401k plan is that under the ERISA rules, so that's just the governing body that, that handles these different matters, not all new companies have to accept your 401k funds. So that's something that needs to be determined ahead of time. Um, so this one could be a pro or a con, kind of depending on this this last category, which uh, the thing you have to keep in mind with um, 401k funds in general is that you're typically limited to the investment choices, the investment options that you have within that plan because your company is going to set up um, – a different program you might have the dozen the two dozen different investment options inside of there so if you're taking money from an old 401k plan combining it with a new one um, i'd say you, you still have those limited investment options within that plan so you want to weigh out whether that makes sense for you or not yeah absolutely now there's something i learned uh, that uh, if you change jobs they don't have to take your old 401k money i didn't realize that that's correct yeah. They do not have to accept it. All right. We've talked about uh, leaving the money alone, Andy, and also moving the money to a new plan. Uh, you're going to be talking about establishing a rollover IRA. What's that all about? Correct. So as Sam and Luke both discussed, if you don't have an option to transfer to another employer 
or you don't like the fund options that you have in that new 401k plan, or you just want to take more control over, which I think most people feel a bit more confident taking control of their money, um, then you can establish a rollover IRA. And then you have unlimited options where you can go, what you can use, how you fund that, who's watching it for you. Um, so that gives you a lot of different options that you can go into to make you feel a bit more comfortable with what you're doing through your retirement. That also allows you to have a plan and have a systematic way of going into this however you need to tap into it. If you want to start taking it out prior to turning 72 and a half, if you want to wait until you're 72 and a half and take out your required minimum distributions, it allows you to have a um, real plan with your advisor so that you can look at all of the different facets of retirement from income expenses, how much of an income gap do you have, how much of a um, pull do you need to make on that account. So you just end up having a lot more options and I think a lot more people feel more confident going into retirement with many options as opposed to one. What about the the tax implications on that, Andy? Some yeah, people might no be taxes. thinking. Yep, there's no taxes for rolling that over because it's you know 401k, 403b, 457, all convert to an IRA. So there's no taxes until you take money out later on. You just have to make sure it's a direct rollover. Correct. Yeah, if you because some of you may have heard of that rule where you can take money out and then you can hold it for 60 days and then you can put it into another IRA and that's still called a rollover. That's called an indirect rollover when you do that, though. And there's a special rule that applies for taking money out of a 401k. And this surprises people a lot of times because you'll get hit with a mandatory 20% federal withholding from the employer when you do that. So that's why you have to work with people and advisors that know and understand this stuff at an encyclopedic level because they do it every day like we do. Absolutely. In fact, Luke had that question. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to ask about the uh, tax implications, but now we're going to talk real tax implications, Sam, uh, because if you decide to do the fourth option, and that is to cash out and take a distribution, you better know what you're doing here because, uh, you know, Uncle Sam's going to be watching you. Uh, it's tax time. I mean, that's these 401ks, uh, just the primer on these folks, you got to remember, you've never paid any taxes on any of this money. You never paid any taxes on any of the money going in. It was called a pre-tax contribution. You made $1,000. You put $100 into your 401k. You were only taxed on $900 on that paycheck. So none of the money that's originally been deposited has ever been taxed. Your employer's matching contributions have never been taxed. The growth of it has never been taxed. That's why it's called a tax deferred account. So when you withdraw the money, you get taxed. Now you can take your 401k and you can do an entire distribution of it. You can take every penny of it out of there, but you're going to pay taxes at your current tax rate. But let's say that you're in a 12% tax bracket right now and you decide to take an entire full distribution of your 401k, well, depending upon the amount, that could push you into a 22% tax bracket or a 24% tax bracket. It's not just saying, hey, you started in a 12% bracket, therefore it's only 12%. That's not how it works. You're subject to the tax bracket. So you got to be careful with that and ultra careful if you're under the age of 59 and a half because with only a very few number of exceptions if you take money out of that plan under the age of 59 and a half you're going to get penalized it's called a premature distribution you're going to lose 10 percent of it to the federal government for an early withdrawal penalty you're going to lose a little over three percent of it to the state of wisconsin for an early withdrawal penalty and you're going to be taxed at your current tax level so let's say you you get yourself into a 22 percent federal bracket i got 22 percent in ordinary income tax I've got 5% in probably uh, state tax for the state of Wisconsin. I'm at 25. Now I've got that 10% early withdrawal penalty from the feds. So now I'm at 35. And then I've got another 3 plus percent from the state. So now I'm at 38%. So a little higher than that. Or four, yeah. So close to 40%. Close to 40%. If you go 22 yeah. plus 5 is 27 plus three for the state is 30 plus the 10% plus, for yep. 40%. Yeah. Yeah. 40%. So 40 cents on the dollar. As a calculator. Yeah. Or a clear unfogged mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's it. I mean, the bottom line is yeah. you got to be careful and uh, this is where you can help people. Exactly. You got to be careful. You've got to know the rules, folks. That's what it comes down to. You've got to know the rules. You've got to know the way it works. You have to be dealing with people 
that do this all day, every day, and have done it for years and years and years. The thing that most people are surprised to learn is that the vast majority of financial advisors do not have a depth of experience in this area. They simply don't. They've always been in a capacity where they were taking deposits, they were building accounts, they were what we call growth and accumulation. There's a very small percentage of advisors that focus their entire thought process on the deaccumulation and the distribution period of retirement because it's 180 degrees polar opposite than what you've been used to. And if you don't have someone that knows what they're doing, you will find that you'll have mistakes made and you'll have surprises that are not pleasant for you. Absolutely. And guess who can help you with that? That is Sam, Andy, and Luke at Dual Financial Strategies. And the way you can reach them for a no-cost, no-obligation review of the decumulation phase and how to deal with your 401k is to call 866. This is toll-free, 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And you'll get that retirement lifestyle review, which will include what to do with your 401k. This is awful important in your portfolio, and Dual Financial Strategies will give you that retirement lifestyle review that you're looking for. Once again, it's 866-203-7486, 866-203-7486 to visit with Sam or Andy or Luke. All right, we've got to take another break. What's going to happen next? Chuck, it's fall, and that is the perfect time of the year to review your retirement income and tax plan with your advisor. When we come back, some things to check off your list of things to do before the end of the year. Back for Dual Financial Strategies, Chuck Caton here, and it is your retirement. That's the name of the program because it is all about you, and that's what the people say there at uh, Dual Financial Strategies. And we're talking about those people being Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel, who are in studio with us here. And you can reach them again very easily by calling 866-203-7486. Your retirement, it's awful important. And now we're going to take that time. The colors are beautiful right now. And so let's sit down with an advisor and make sure that you're buttoned up for the end of the year because it's going to be coming close. Thanksgiving's right around the corner, so it's Christmas. Uh, so don't wait till December to take your RMD and other pitfalls to avoid if you are 72. Uh, well, you've got to think about that, right, Sam? And uh, uh, one of those things uh, that you have to talk about is uh, contributing to your 401k. Now, people do it in a lot of different ways, don't they? Yeah, for sure. But one of the things you want to remember, Chuck, is what the limitations are. Right. So if you're sitting here and you have underfunded your 401k for the year, you can do some catch up here at the end of the year mm -hmm. because they're typically due by the end of the calendar year. And for this year, for 2021, uh, you can donate or contri contribute, I guess. I guess it's a donation to your own cause. Yeah. You, can, you can contribute. <laughs> depends on how you look at it. it. Depends on how you look at it, exactly. And you're going to be um, donating part of that to Uncle Sam later, but we'll talk yes, about that later. <laughs> yes, but we don't want to bring any pain into it right away. But you could put $19,500 into that 401k for the calendar year. And if you're over the age of 50, you've got that $6,500 catch-up. So folks that are under the age of 50, you can put $19,500 in. If you're over the age of 50, you can put $26,000 in. So maybe something's happened. You've had a, maybe you get paid a bonus at work towards the end of the year, something like that. You might want to think about that because if that's going to affect your taxable income for the year, maybe if, if your plan allows it, your company allows it, you could defer part of that into your 401k of that bonus you're going to get and um, at least mitigate the taxes on it for the time being and max out that 401k contribution for the year. Absolutely. All right. The time's ticking for me. Uh, I'm like a, a wonderful young lady like Andy. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I can tell you that it's getting close uh, for me to take those uh, required uh, minimum distributions. And taking those is something you can't forget, right, Luke? Absolutely. And maybe to kind of piggyback off of what Sam said and build into the required distribution here, I think I like that donation phraseology because, you know, if you think of it in terms of a donation, people will, you know, what comes to mind is that you get a tax benefit up front, yep, right? Yep, and that's sure. exactly what you've gotten with the 401k and the IRA over time. Yep. So you've got that tax benefit up front, but Uncle Sam is saying, hey, wait a second. 
we want some of that money to flow out of there. Yeah. And that's what the required distribution is. So we've got a three and a half trillion dollar spending boondoggle to pay for. Yeah. We need some of that money. We need some of that money. <laughs> so first of all, what is the required distribution? Because I know some of you aren't aware of that, but that is the minimum amount that has to come out of those 401ks, those IRAs where you made the donation, you got the tax benefit up front, but now it's time to pay some taxes. Um, if you don't take your required distribution, if you just think, hey, I'll try to slip under the radar here and not take it, there is a 5-0, 50% penalty, plus all the taxes uh, that would be owed on that um, at that point. And the other thing you want to keep in mind with the required distribution age is that we're kind of watching out for Secure Act 2.0 yep. and what might happen with that. So we're going to keep you posted. There's no new details. Nothing officially went through. But you just want to make sure that you take your required distribution. The year in which you're 72, by the end of that year, um, you're going to want to pull out that minimum amount. Yeah, we actually uh, talked about that when Sam and Andy were gone last week's show. For those of our loyal listeners, uh, remember that Luke and I talked about that, about how there could be some changes if there is a Secure Act 2.0, that will, uh, but they won't affect anybody uh, uh, over the age of 62 or 63 because they're talking 10 years down the line here and making yeah. it, moving it up to 74, 75, I guess, whatever, along with the boondoggle that you're talking about, which I totally agree with, Sam. All right. Yeah. <laughs> in typical fashion, we should know more about Secure Act 2.0, I'm guessing somewhere around 1159 on December the 31st. Exactly. That's right. That's the way they they pass. That's the way they work stuff. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. We're talking again about what to do before uh, the snow flies in Wisconsin about uh, the uh, contributions to the IRA uh, or your 401k plan. Uh, Remember to take a minimum distribution. You have to if you're 72 and above. And now let's talk, Andy, about donating your IRA distribution to charity because that is a way uh, that you can mitigate some taxes. You can, in fact. So IRA owners who are of the age of 72 or older, you can actually avoid paying the income tax on part or all of your required distribution if you transfer your IRA withdrawal to a qualifying charity. So this has to have a bona fide, they will ask for the 501c3, the EIN number, you've got to have all of that information, which is easy to to gather from that particular charity, but that money has to go directly to that charity and then you have the option of not paying taxes on that. And I know a lot of you run into this already where you're like, I have income from a pension. I have income from Social Security. My, you know, my wife's income included. You know, we have plenty of money every month. We don't want to take this distribution out and pay the taxes on it. And so unfortunately, that was the deal that, you know, we signed up for when we started those 401ks a long time ago that we made the IRS a a collector in that deal. So um, this is one way that you can get around that a bit and help a charity that you feel passionate about. So um, it is definitely an option that you can do. We'll have some people that will actually um, purchase life insurance and um, use the life insurance for their beneficiaries and kids so that there's no taxes due for them. And they'll um, give a lot of this money to charity so that they kind of catch all all sales, yeah, I guess, are all wind on your sales. You can. I mean, you can give away up to a hundred thousand yep. dollars of that required minimum distribution. Correct. Every wow. Year. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and it's the other thing, Chuck, to remember on that for those of you that that this is interesting to, and we know a lot of you ask us this question. It's not an all or nothing thing. It's like right. if you're, let's say, your required minimum distribution is twenty five thousand dollars. Well, you don't have to give all twenty five thousand to the charity. No, you can give twenty five. You know, you can get you can keep twelve thousand five hundred for yourself, pay the taxes on it, mm-hmm. and give the other twelve thousand five hundred to the charity. So you can split it up uh, any way that you want to split it up. But it is one of the. I think it's probably one of the least utilized mm-hmm. uh, tax mitigation uh, strategies that there are. And I believe the reason for it uh, is because the vast majority of financial advisors don't know you can do this. Right. They just, no indictment against them. They just flat don't know that it's something. And there's so many people here in Wisconsin, Northeast Wisconsin, that are attending a church. They're tithing. They're making contributions to charities. And it's like, if you're 72 taking a distribution, you know, taking that required distribution. What am I going to do with the money? What am I going to do with the money? Well, you may as well, whatever you're gifting, it may as well come from your required distribution at yeah. the very least. At the very least. Yeah, very, very good point there. And also here's something that our audience may not realize as they're approaching retirement is that uh, you don't have to wait till uh, or you don't have to do this by December 31st to get the tax write-off to make your IRA contribution. You actually have until the taxes are due the next year. Yeah, for sure. You know, Chuck, that's the the part of the problem with all of this is that these rules are so complex. Uh, You know, 
obviously the, the 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 typical person just a typical consumer has no idea the intricacy of these laws uh most people working in the field don't know the intricacy of the laws but it gets so confusing because like like well you're calling this thing a 401k and you're calling that thing an ira what's the difference well there is none they're exactly the same thing except for about 300 variations in the way that they're applied so just remember 401k that's at work 401k 403b 457 plan all the same thing you have to make the contributions in those in the calendar year that we're in if you have an outside ira though Maybe you rolled over a 401k at one point in time. Maybe you started an individual IRA, but anything that is an individual IRA, you can make contributions up to, into that one, in this instance, until April the 18th of 2022. So that's tax day next year. You can make an IRA contribution that will qualify for a tax deduction on your 2021 return up to April the 18th of next year. Okay, there we go. How about other tax mitigating strategies, Luke? Yeah, so I'm going to leave the the kind of the tax deferred accounts to Andy. She'll talk a little bit more about those. But on the taxable accounts, so these are investment accounts that sit outside of the things that Sam was just talking about, the 401k and the, the IRAs and the 403b. So this is other investment money that might be what you would call like an individual account, a brokerage account, or maybe a joint account if it's a husband and wife that has the assets, the investments titled in both of their names. Something you want to consider um, to reduce some of your tax exposure is to examine what the unrealized gains and losses are throughout the year. Because you have to remember, these types of accounts are taxed differently. When the money flows out, you're not just paying taxes at your your rate. Um, you're paying taxes on the gains. So it, it's... It, it's really important that you look at the gains and losses um, and, and see what those look like for the year. And you may want to consider um, alternatives to the mutual fund because there's some, there's some inherent um, inefficiencies with those tools from a tax standpoint and when they pay out their profits. And so exchange-traded funds really can be a great place for those types of assets to be. Okay, so Luke said, Andy, that uh, you were going to talk about uh, basically paying today for tax efficiency tomorrow. Yes, this is a huge hot button for me. Um, I am totally in favor of paying taxes in a known tax environment. So if you have the option, or hopefully you've taken the option through work to participate in a Roth 401k, um, or you can have a outside account that's a Roth IRA, this is something that as you put money into it, you're going to pay the taxes. So it's after tax money going into it. The blessing of that is that you are going to have tax free income when you pull it out. So none of the money that grows in that account, none of the money that you put in there is going to be taxable as long as you're over um, age 59 and a half with some other rules of, that also go into that. But essentially, you don't have to pay taxes on your gains. You don't have to pay taxes on the money that goes into a Roth. There are other tools that are tax free as well. Um, properly structured cash value life insurance um, that requires someone with a fairly in-depth knowledge of utilizing those tools, also having an independence so you are not um, working with someone that can't use the best tools that are out there. And so that's just a limitation of making sure that you're working with a fiduciary who's also independent and can go with whatever company suits you the best. Because remember, if you use any sort of life insurance, you have to qualify for that. So those are a few tools that can be really fantastic as far as strategizing tax-free income later on. Um, and if you are or have grandchildren or kids, um, those can also be fantastic tools to use, which we can get into more some other time. But um, max-funded life insurance can be very powerful. Roth IRAs can be very powerful. And looking at whatever you need to do, working with someone who has your back. All right, you got 30 seconds to wrap this up here, uh, Sam, and to tell me uh, what you can do for our listeners, because I think one of the key things is dotting the I's and crossing the T's is reviewing your beneficiary designations. Yeah, it is, Chuck. That's an all-important one to do as well. You've got to make sure those are correct. And that's really a part of what that retirement lifestyle review meeting is all about. It's dotting the I's and crossing the T's. It's making sure that even if you don't need our services right now, you can benefit from a retirement 
Retirement Lifestyle Review because we're going to dot the I's, cross the T's. We're going to review those beneficiaries. We're going to take a look at your statements. We're going to do some risk evaluation for you and just make sure that you're okay, that you're headed in the right direction. And if you're not, we'll tell you that. Whether you choose to use us, whether you choose to continue with your current advisor, or whether you could choose to self-manage, that's fine, but let's at least get you on the right path. Absolutely. And the way to do that is very simple. Call this toll-free number to make that no-cost, no-obligation retirement lifestyle review uh, with Dual Financial Strategies at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And Sam, Andy, and Luke are at your service with over a score of years of experience uh, in this realm. Once again, 866-203-7486. And uh, again, Sam has that book that he's penned, Purpose Determines Placement. He'll tell you what it's all about and even give you a copy when you visit for that no-cost, no-obligation review. Once again, it's 866-203-7486. For Dual Financial Strategies, Chuck Caton here. And I know uh, your favorite segment's coming up, all three of you next, right? Absolutely. It's time once again for questions from listeners. That and more when we come right back. We're back here for Dual Financial Strategies. Chuck Caton here, and our final segment is the good one with Sam Dual. In fact, all the segments are great, and uh, that Dual Financial Strategies, you know it's always about your retirement in the Fox Valley, all about you and your individuality with Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel. And uh, we are ready to answer some questions here, and uh, I guess uh, we're going to start with Andy. Are you all set to go, Andy? Go for it. All right, let's go to Paul in Green Bay. Uh, with a very simple question, how old should you be to get life insurance? And is it necessary uh, when my wife and I are retire? Well, that's a great question, Paul. I'm not sure if it's necessary for you and your wife. Um, I think that insurance can be a pretty fantastic tool. A um, couple things that you can solve for. If you are trying to make sure that your wife has enough income, um, should anything happen to you prematurely, if your you know, pension was set up so it only goes to you and should you pass away, it doesn't continue, um, there can be a number of different reasons to possibly purchase life insurance, um, but I don't know if that actually fits. As far as what age, um, life Life insurance is based on your age and your, which comes into play your life expectancy, as well as your health. So again, the earlier generally that you can get life insurance, um, the better off you would be. It would be less expensive um, from a premium standpoint. And generally, most people's health is better the younger they are. So those two things combined. um, But really, I would say, you know, what are you trying to solve for? And that could determine um, why you may want to look at life insurance, be it traditional or be it like a hybrid plan. Maybe you want to buy something that has the option to use um, some long-term care off of it or um, an income. You could you could pull some tax-free income if it was built correctly. Um, or maybe you just need a death benefit like I talked about earlier. So there could be multiple reasons to have some life insurance. And a few of those things can actually be combined. So you're killing two, killing a bird with, you know, kill a couple birds with one stone. Right? Absolutely. Well, and that's, uh, that is the definition of purpose determines placement to a T, uh, which is what Sam writes about. And uh, I think, uh, Luke, we look at uh, our next questioner, uh, who is Elizabeth from De Pere, who's got a different question for you. Uh, she says that my husband and I have about a million and a half dollars in traditional IRAs. And since we're uh, over the income limit to contribute directly to a Roth, would you suggest we convert $100,000 annually from the traditional IRA to a Roth IRA over the next eight years until we retire? Because we've got enough money in savings to uh, pay the taxes caused by this conversion every year. Well, congratulations, first of all, Elizabeth, and to your husband for um, setting aside a good amount of money for your retirement. And it sounds like you still have eight years until you'll retire. So you've got more time to make those contributions and get money into the right place. Um, when it comes to, I'm not sure how you came up with the $100,000 annual amount, but um, a few of the questions I would have kind of right out of the gate um, would be, what is your actual income now? I mean, I know that you're in a, in a place where you're probably in a 22 to 24% bracket at least, just because you're saying that you're phased out from the Roth contribution. And also, 
it'd also be interesting to know what your retirement income will be eight years from now, uh, because those two pieces would be really, really critical in determining that amount. Um, the principal you're getting at here in looking at starting to shift some of that IRA money that of course is going to be taxable when you take it out. You're going to be forced to take it out in the form of a required distribution when you're 72 and beyond, and that amount will only continue to grow. Um, with our tax rates being as low as they are right now, I think it's a fantastic opportunity to explore that, to see if that would be right for your individual situation and to determine what amount would make sense. It would be hard for me to say, yes, $100,000 is the right amount, um, but exploring this it would absolutely be great. And um, I, you must be listening for a while now because uh, the end of your question, um, you added that you know you have enough money in savings to pay the taxes. That's a really important piece when we're talking about transitioning money from pre-tax to Roth money. You can do that two different ways uh, for other listeners. The first being you can make withholding. So if you are, if somebody is converting fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars, and there is no minimum that you have to do, um, you can set aside the taxes, like when you were working, from that distribution. However, now you have less money in that pot, right? So if you're moving fifty thousand dollars and you're setting aside, say ten thousand dollars for taxes, well now there's only forty thousand dollars in that account. So Elizabeth, it would be wise to have that money in savings to cover those taxes so that the full distribution, whatever that amount would be, would be in that tax-free account. And it would be wonderful to meet with you and to help kind of guide you along the path and making the right decisions with this with this question. I would concur with that because that's what we do. Uh, very good, Luke. I uh, agree with you totally on that. So let's go uh, now, Sam, to Jeff in Chilton, who's got a question for you. He says, I'm retiring at 63 and planning to live on savings till I'm 66, which is my full retirement age, and then I'll dip into Social Security. Uh, I'm trying to decide if I should keep some money in my existing company for 401k and invest the rest in an indexed annuity. Alternatively, uh, should I invest everything in an indexed annuity? Is there another investment option that I should be considering? Jeff, um, a couple of things to consider here as you're as you're thinking about this. I, I like the way that your your thought process is going. You're retiring at 63. You're going to go ahead and let that Social Security build until age 66, which is your full retirement age. Uh, as I'm sure you're aware, you could even defer that as long as uh, up to age 72 uh, before you started taking Social Security. So you're making 70. Seventy. Or excuse me. We're talking about required distributions. So, That's a you were confusing. just talking required distributions, and I'm, I'm still on that. Yes, we can defer that up to age seventy for taking Social Security and allow that to build. Um, so the question is, should you take some of that money, uh, leave it in your uh, existing company, and then? invest the rest in an indexed annuity. First of all, I guess we probably, for the benefit of listeners who don't know what that instrument is, uh, an indexed annuity, more commonly referred to as a fixed indexed annuity, uh, is uh, it's basically, it's just an annuity. It's issued by a life insurance company, uh, and it, it comes under the realm of fixed because it has certain guarantees built into it. It has minimum interest guarantees built into it. It has market volatility rules that are built into it. But essentially what you're able to do with that asset class is you're able to participate in the growth of a related stock market index, and there are dozens of these, while shielding yourself and insulating yourself from the volatility and the negativity of it. In other words, if the market goes up, you're going to receive a portion of that gain. It's called a participation rate, and you could receive anywhere from probably 60% of it to as much as 130% of it. Um, but if the market goes down, that's when most people like having these in a retirement portfolio because you are insulated from that downward turn. You can never be credited with a negative rate of return in a properly structured fixed indexed annuity. So you could make nothing. If the market went down 15%, you could not make anything that year, but you also would not lose anything that year. So it's a really good balance that you're looking at doing there. Yes, it would be fine to keep some of that money in your 401k in an active market scenario or move it out of the 401k and put it into a different uh, active market scenario. But yes, having money in the active market to where you get the benefit of all of the gains, but you also expose yourself to the losses and blending that with a properly structured fixed indexed annuity to where you get some of the gains, but you 
insulate yourself from all of the losses is a great strategy. Should you put all of it in an indexed annuity? My answer to that would be no. And the reason for that is simple. It's a liquidity issue because the vast majority of fixed indexed annuities will allow you liquid access during the surrender charge period of 10%. In other words, you can withdraw 10% of the face value of it. If you go over that, they will penalize you. So we don't want all of that money inside of that fixed indexed annuity, Jeff, because you could get into a liquidity crunch there. And in reality, insurance companies today won't even allow you to put all of your money into it because there was a day when people would do that. They've now recognized that that is not the best interest of the consumer. Putting all of that money in there is not the best way for you to go. So no, you do not want to put all of the money in, but a good blended strategy with something like that is something that we help people with every day. All right, uh, very quickly now, Sam, uh, you've got Margaret in Wrightstown, who's 71, has a Roth IRA, husband passed away recently, and uh, she's the beneficiary of his $150,000 life insurance policy. Uh, should I put it into my existing Roth IRA, and are there any tax implications if I do that conversion? Uh, Margaret, our condolences on the loss of your husband. Um, there is no need to do any type of a conversion uh, or anything like that with that life insurance. That $150,000 coming from that is tax-free to begin with. That is one of the benefits of a life insurance policy is that just like distributions from your Roth IRA, that $150,000 is tax-free. You can't just roll it into a Roth IRA. You're not allowed to do that. That's not a vehicle that you can do that with. However, once you have the $150,000, um, I don't know if you're still working or not, or if you have an income, but you could contribute up to $7,000 a year into your existing Roth IRA, as long as you have $7,000, at least $7,000 in earned income to offset that with. So there's no tax implications on what's about to transpire here. There's no conversion that needs to be done. Uh, so you essentially are fine with that distribution. You're just gonna wanna take that $150,000 and then start to manage that properly. All right, and so all of these questions are excellent, and that's where dual financial strategies can help you uh, because it is your retirement. And once again, we have that no-cost, no-obligation offer uh, at 866-203-7486. So make that appointment right now because it is your retirement. Get that retirement lifestyle review, 866 866- 203-7486 is the number uh, because it is your retirement. So, Sam, uh, your final thoughts on what's been a, a very fast-moving show. Appreciate having everybody listen. We'd love to get you pointed in the right direction. Give us a call. Let's get together here in the fall and make sure that you are headed where you want to go to. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.